Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland. And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator. This podcast is our weekly catch-up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Um, yeah, yeah, I was watching, um, have you seen Haunting at Hill House? Haunting at Hill House? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, the new Netflix one? No, movie. the old one. Okay. I didn't know there was a new one. Maybe yeah, there's a new movie. one. It's a mini series on Netflix. Mike Flanagan directed it. Ross and Carrie have been covering it on their Patreon. Um, and I've been listening to that coverage, um, which has kind of helped me because with horror shit, I have to like know the twists in order to fully like enjoy it without having to take a break. <laughs> like, you so know? the thing is that like you've always been like averse to horrors. Like, yeah, like they keep you up and things. It's never yes. been a thing for you to watch horror. Yeah. So that's basically I've been using Carrie and Ross talking through the series as a buffer for it. So, like, I'm able to, like, hear the story, hear their commentary on it. And they're like, they're like five episodes into it now. And so I was like, OK, this is enough spoiler. I think I can watch it. And so I watched the first five episodes I, like literally I finished them last night and then I no 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 I I finished yeah basically I finished all but the last two episodes last night and, and the reason I stopped was because I finished like one through five and I was like oh I want to know what happens next in the story um and then the next um two and a half episodes terrified me and I was like hmm <laughs> This movie primarily happens in a old ass house with creaky floors. And I just so happen to live in an apartment where the wind blows the door open a lot. Um, so how do you know it's off. the wind? Huh? How do you know it's yeah. the wind? Hmm? See, that's why I stopped watching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it might yeah, not really a be break. You finish it in it the can, morning when the daylight. It could be, a, it could be a ghost. Do you, do you like when it's warm in the room, do you see cold air in front of you? Like, um, I don't like to look for more ghost than is already there, so I just decided to start locking the door. So I was do that. Um, if it busts open after you've locked it, then you know it's not the wind. Okay. Yeah, so, yes. So, basically, it's like my rule of thumb, and this goes for any occult item, is that I don't, like, if it, if something scary comes to me, then that's Fine, but I'm not gonna ask a follow-up question, you know? Like <laughs> so so like me, when the if the house goes, get out, you're just gonna obey that command. Yeah, I, I you know, and here's the thing, I know what my um adrenaline reaction will do. I'll just calmly grab my keys and go, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I um when I'm I you know, I watch criminal minds, right? And at the start of it, there's always like this little, you know, thing where the person gets whacked, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm constantly shouting at the screen like, no, don't do that. Like you heard a sound in the other room you weren't expecting. Why are you going in there without any weapons? What is wrong with you? Yeah. You happen to be in the open of criminal minds. You need a weapon. You yeah. need to call 911. You need to do something. 
Like if I found myself in the opening two seconds of Criminal Minds, I would immediately pull out my phone and call 911 and scream for help. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know that I'm in the start of Criminal Minds. See, you know? here's, here's my thought is um, if I hear a noise that I can verify is um, not the wind. Like if anything sounds dis- discernibly human, like I hear a footstep in the hallway or the doorknob start to jiggle, I'm locking myself in the room I'm in right now. Okay, like, like I'm gonna go ahead and put something against the door and call the police. That's you aren't gonna like put a light robe on and kind of sneak around the corner and yeah. go, "Hey, hello, is anyone uh... there?" Silly. <laughs> ridiculous behavior i'm not if if i'm worried that someone's there we already have a problem if i'm in the kitchen and i look out in the living room and the window is open and the wind is blowing the curtain and i know i didn't open the window i'm not going to calmly walk over to shut it and get knifed in the back you know what i'm saying like um i'm just gonna quickly grab a knife and dial 911 and try to hide somewhere far away from that corner yeah. yeah, that's me anyway. My reactions are different, I think, than the yeah. ones in the criminal minds. Yeah. So the good thing about Haunting of Hill House is um, there aren't stupid decisions like that. Like, like all of the th- like the things that are haunting them beyond their control. One hundred percent. It's not like they could like keep themselves from getting haunted. And in fact, the way they're being haunted is a lot of ways that like. I think that the deniability factor really lasted for a very long time with them, right? Like they were a family of seven, five of which were children. And then the mother has these like premonitions. Like she has like, like a weird, like brain thing. Like she, she's really attuned to the like universe or whatever. So like, her husband knows that, and I don't know how much of him just is like, oh, yeah, she has her color storms. Like, homegirl is a little too serious about her migraines, right? Like, So I actually watched a scary movie this week that was a new one, but it wasn't really that scary. What was it? Hocus Pocus 2. Which That's was not fun. a scary movie. <laughs> well, it's a Halloween, you know, kind of creepy movie. It was really good. Mm-hmm. wonderful i'm I'm sure that if i was five i could be scared by it but like i'm not so i wasn't but um you know the the i actually liked it better than the original hocus pocus mm-hmm. so there's that which i actually enjoyed the first one quite a lot so i don't i don't know that i trust you when you say you liked it more than the original hocus pocus why why don't you trust me was the story better yeah I, I, I like the story better. I liked the um, uh, I, 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 li- I liked the ending a lot. It was that was really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, of course, like part of it is that like I've watched the original one, you know, a lot of times. So mm-hmm. like um, the characters are well known, but they did a really good job with um, picking those characters back up and dusting them off and um you know kind of um expanding them you know and that's what i look for in a good sequel where they don't just like kind of redo rehash they like kind of expand mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah and the silliness factor is you know off the charts it's it's fabulously silly as the original was <laughs> yeah 
Um, there's one, uh, there, there's one scene with Sarah Jessica Parker where I literally lost my mind laughing. It was so goofy and funny. <laughs> and, um, I, I don't want to give it away if you haven't watched it. So I have not watched but, it. And, but, uh, but there's, there's one scene and like, um, with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, of course, she's like the completely airheaded sister anyway, is what mm-hmm. she plays in the show, you know, in the movie, in the movies. And like, there's just like this one. I mean, it, it, I I I lost my mind laughing. It was so stupid and funny all at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, of course, they get to do say a lot of things that are are silly or off kilter because they're from like centuries ago. You know, and they're in modern in a modern place. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they ignore the fact that there are things that they would have never seen before, and other times they. <laughs> You know what I mean? They acknowledge mm-hmm. that but by saying something completely out of, you know, <laughs> you know, um, expectation, like, they, you know, not understanding, you know, like <laughs> some of the things they just let go by. I'm like, you know, um, like they're nothing, but other things they, you know, acknowledge, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's pretty cool. So, so yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, here in Indiana this week, there was not a lot of anything because it was 70 degrees and sunny all week. And I think everybody just like sat back and went, this is, this is like just short of heavenly weather mm-hmm. and we're not going to mess it up with anything important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. It was every day, even today, it's supposed to be 70 degrees and sunny, like, nice, you know, perfect. Right. Like, you know, the weather people are like, it's glorious out there today, you know, Um, and they're kind of disappointed. You know how the Indiana weather people get disappointed when there's good weather? Yeah. They're actually like monsters. (laughs) Yeah. They're actually excited. There's going to be 22 inches of snow. It's going to be eight below zero. And they're like all thrilled. And I'm like, shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> please quit getting all excited about 20 inches of snow. That's just going to like close everything. <laughs> I mean, that's why they're excited. They're like, ooh, a day off. <laughs> well, the weather people have uh-huh. a day off. It's a day on for them. Yeah, they get an exciting day at work and then no other expectations. <laughs> I guess. They'll be frozen in there at the, you know, for me, I wouldn't be excited about it if I were them because most of the time they stick them out in it. You yeah, know? that's true. There's a snow I feel like a weather there. person is kind of like a dentist, though. Like most of them are insane. <laughs> insane? Yeah. I mean, for me, weather people have, you know, um, what, 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 a long time ago, one of my friends said to me, his name was Joe Young. He said, I, I, I've always thought that, you know, I should try to be a weather guy or a traffic reporter because they don't have to be right. They just have to be there. Yeah. And I feel like that's a job I can accomplish. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, I'm like, you know, he's not far off on that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so what happened in Scotland this week? Um, I turned 25, went happy to birthday, a baby. Hike. Yeah. 
The only song I can think of with the year 25 in it is not fitting for me. Because it's like 25 years old, my mom got rest her soul, and my mom's alive. So. <laughs> yeah, and your stepmom, both of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm mommed up, you know. Yeah, you're double mommed. Yeah. And so. both of them will mom you at any point that you need momming, I'm sure. And I, you know, and some would argue that I needed twice the mom, so. Are you, are you allowed to handle in that way? In that way? I don't know. Am I? I feel I mean, like I'm chill. Right now you're not. I mean, you're 3,700 miles away, so. Yeah, I'm easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so on your birthday, like, you visited Lake Lamont, right? Loch Lomond, yeah. See, that's the Americanized way. Lock no, you went French, which is yeah. weird. <laughs> <laughs> Are you picking on my accents again, Bailey? Yeah. Uh, yes, as as always. Say croissant. Croissant. Mm-hmm. Okay. What? <laughs> All right. Sure. Um, so what we have so here what? are not croissant. We usually have crescent rolls, <laughs> and they're little. No, it's literally spelled crescent on the package. It's not croissant. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, croissant. I don't know. They call them crescent rolls, like Pillsbury crescent rolls. They're not Pillsbury croissant. Sure. Have you seen the package? I have. It's literally spelled C-R-E-S-E-N-T, crescent, not croissant, which is definitely not spelled that way. <laughs> we, I mean, if we're getting into the... Little- we're getting into the linguistics of it. If we're getting into the linguistics of it. Um, it's well, you know, because a lot of French words, education. a lot of French words that were introduced into the English vernacular are phonetically spelled using the English phonetic structure. So they heard a French person say croissant, and then they spelled it. C-R-E-S-C-E-N-T. So it's not that they are different words. It's that the English word is still croissant, but it's... No, I'm going to disagree with you. Those Pillberry people took the redneck version of it and put it on the label. (laughs) (laughs) So that the rednecks would buy the crescent rolls. Okay. Yeah. I mean... Oh, are you talking about the really thin pancakes? Man, I love those. No, those are yeah, those are not crescents. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just put it out there, but <laughs> I love <laughs> what, what 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 are those called? My brain is crepes. crepes. Yeah, I love. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm referencing Talladega Nights. I'm gonna uh, just put it out there, Ricky. I had a whole mess of crepes this morning. I love. They're delicious. I love them. They're those really thin. Oh, wait, are those? Are those the really thin pancakes? Oh man, I love those. <laughs> you know what? Hey, when are I'm not gonna say this? It. You guys want to go out and get some crepes? <laughs> Let's get thrown out of an Applebee's together. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so went to Loch Lomond, um, went hiking there. There were so many good dogs. You know, it was weird. So there's the song, it's like um, it has a on the Bonnie Bonnie Banks of Loch Lomond, or whatever the fuck, maybe not less less out of tune, but that's you know whatever. And the thing is, um, I heard it like three or four times while I was there um, because they had the like um, what should we call it? 
they had like a you know the Queen Anne um, like the the ferry boat at Indiana Beach. So Loch Lomond has one of those. It's, it's like not this called ferry the Queen boat. Anne. No, it's not called the Queen Anne. It's um. No, you're talking it's, about the it's the Schaefer Queen. Schaefer Queen. Okay, so they have yeah. the Loch Lomond. It's it's called the Loch Lomond Cruise Line or whatever the fuck. But right. it's ostensibly like at Indiana Beach when you go on the Schaefer the Queen. Schaefer Queen. So do they have those uh, uh, the the Schaefer dogs or whatever? They have like a concession stand by the like ticket booth and everything. Like it's it's the same general shiz. And so the the like riverboat goes out onto the lake two times an hour. So while I was having my like weird like like little moment walking along the shores, enjoying my hike, the like ferry came by twice. And they have someone on the boat that is hired to just sing that song all day. So in that way, they're also like channeling it's a small world ride at Disney World. Right. Yeah. So like there's either that or Disney stole it from the Loch Lomond Mm -hmm. riverboat that like when I put you in a little tiny boat, I'm going to sing it's a small world after all over and over and over and like that song's still going right now. Right. Yeah. So, well, and (laughs) like as we speak, someone is, is on that route, that boat in Loch Lomond (laughs) singing a variation of the song Loch Lomond. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. The first time they went past, it was this girl that was kind of like augmenting the emphasis. So it was like, she was doing an up tempo version, like, on the bonnie bonnie banks of Loch Lomond, like, like, and then this other time, it was like in Coco when, when they were singing "Remember Me" mm-hmm. in all the different versions. Like that was what they were doing with Loch Lomond. Well, I mean, if you're going to be the like, song a lot, going to get very opera singer guy. It was very fun. Um, and then the third version I heard was a bagpipe version because this big family like gathered on the docks to like release their relatives ashes so like they were playing the bagpipe song and you could see that like one by one they were taking it like shaking ashes into the like so the people of Loch Lomond are probably quite sick of that song I imagine if you live there and work in a tourist setting yes I would I would be sick of it (laughs) it's like you know if I hear Yamo be there one time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground, right? Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> Which is, you know, a whole different movie reg- re- reference. That is a whole different the, movie. The, the 40-year-old yeah. virgin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Or, or uh, Shock Me Amadeus, that, um, what's that? The theme park movie with Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart in it. Adventureland? Adventureland. Yeah, that's a great Yeah. <laughs> The even you know even more uh, confusing is why how they chose to spell the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, you know, Adventureland reminds me of Indiana Beach in a mega way. Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, especially the basketball goals. Like they had the basketball goals that are a little bit like oval shaped, so it's almost mm-hmm. impossible to get a shot in. Mm-hmm. They had that same situation at Indiana Beach. You know? Well, what I liked about it was that they had like a weird hierarchy between the rides people and the games people, right? Mm-hmm. 
like being on the well. was considered cool. And I was like, I feel like that's incorrect. I feel like games is the the actually cooler thing because you can like help your friends win and shit. Like, <laughs> well, you know, but uh, it, the thing about for me that would always make not working rides a thing is that people get sick on rides and you have to yeah. clean up after them. Yeah, people don't puke on games. That yeah. rarely happens when somebody's playing, you know, the Flying Dutchman, you know. Or skee-ball, you know? Nobody's nobody's puked during skee-ball, right? I mean, they probably have. They've probably been drunk enough to puke during skee-ball. We but be it's because you've done there. the, like, whirly gigs or whatever, and then you wander into the skee-ball place with a yeah, I mean, corn dog and a large you know, You had the chili cheese fries and about nine beers, and then you wander into the skee-ball. And you yeah. end up in the corner puking in the trash can, which is more likely than actually on the ski ball, you know? Ooh, could you imagine if you puked in, like, the ball return? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I can imagine a lot of things, Bailey. And then uh, and then you, the girl behind the ticket counter just, like, looks and thinks, like, mm, I'm going to have to ladle that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to ladle it out great <laughs> so we should have given a forewarning for those with weak stomachs that it yeah. was, we were going to start talking about chunks being blown into the ski ball thing because now people won't be able to unsee that the, the poor folks that are at uh indiana beach for the last of the season or whatever uh and this will it's way too late in the season for them to be doing chili fries and six beers i don't know it's october festy time i guess lots of beers i don't know that their programming really runs that well but maybe i don't know there's probably another amusement park though somewhere with ski ball and a drunk person i mean okay well uh, my apologies to that person the people that like you know uh, weird that you're listening to this podcast at that particular moment but if it has affected you in that way my apologies yeah well i'm not gonna apologize I feel like, um, there so, yeah, so I did that and then took the train home. Um, f- funny thing about that. So like the train line there, um, is pretty much a one way shot. Like the line ends because there's this giant body of water after it. Um, and so it's like, right. There's only one way in and out of that town by a train and it's that one track. Um, and I'm pretty sure, like, I didn't check later, but I'm like, based on context clues, I'm pretty sure there's only one line that runs to Balak where, like, I was. And I'm pretty sure it's that train line. But I didn't check. So on my way onto the train, I, like, saw the train was, like, pulling up. And I was like, oh, shoot, I need to grab that. So I'm not here for another hour because the train only comes once an hour. And so I pop on. And instead of popping back out and checking to make sure it was the Glasgow train, I just looked at a guy reading the paper and I was like, hey, is this the train that stops at Glasgow? And he goes, yes. And then I go, cool. And I like go to sit down and this little kid pops out of his seat real excited. And he looks at me, he goes, oh, are you trying to go to Glasgow's Queen Street? And I was like, yes. And he goes, okay, that's this train. And he sat back down like he was an NPC or something that I had just triggered in a video game. Um, and then <laughs> all of his friends came on the train too, and it was like the cast of Goonies for a second, like nice. Scottish cast of Goonies just sitting there. Which talking. one was, was, was the mouth there? 
Yes. There was a kid really loud, like talking shit. It was awesome. And then they all got up together and went to. What about Chunk? I always identified with Chunk. I mean, because I am one. But when I say it was like the cast of Goonies, assume that there was at least three stereotypical characters. Like there was there was a chunky (laughs) kid who was eating something. There was a loudmouth kid with glasses. And then there was a quiet kid who seemed kind of nerdy. And then there was like the kid who talked to me seemed a little bit like the um, Mike, the, the like Mikey. Yeah. Like the leader or whatever, you know? So yes, okay. the, the cast of Goonies then wandered toward the front of the train because apparently it's if, if, if anyone's kid. disturbed that I'm a little too familiar with the cast of Goonies, they can all just go flip. Well, and that was like that. Uh, ha, 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 you did a Goonies reference. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no, um, but it, it's also the same setup as like, um, I've watched Goonies way too many times. <laughs> yeah. So like Stephen King's, it also has that like group dynamic of kids. Right. So I was like thinking of For the um, Sandlot. Yeah. yeah Sandlot. Um, I was just thinking of, of what that guy's name is. Bill. I was like the oh, bill, you know, who's also the Mikey. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so that happened and I got home. All right. And, um, let's see Friday, Friday. I make, I don't know if you know this. I am a Mac and cheese savant. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, you, hey. you learn from the best. Hey, I am a Mac and cheese savant. Okay, I make my little roux. I put three different types of cheese in there. I think you learned it though from from the best. No, 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 no. Hear me out. These are my alterations. I add chicken and broccoli, like cooked up sauteed broccoli in that bitch, which I know you're allergic. So, like, imagine the broccoli's (laughs) not there. There's chicken in there. Terrible idea. Fuck you. Listen to the whole thing before you're talking about how bad it is. Okay. And then I put buffalo sauce in there. Okay. And then it's a buffalo mac. Yeah, I don't like buffalo sauce either. But I'm not You're allergic. You're a bad person. This is this is not for you. You apparently no. have no taste. So I, I, I make the best mac and cheese ever. Old Joe's world famous mac and cheese. Um, that people um from all over the planet for it at Thanksgiving time. It, it, literally. Um, so you know it is what it is. However, I'm sure that your mac and cheese is wonderful. It's just it has a couple of ingredients in it that one of them breaks me out into hives, and the other one I just don't like. However, chicken I've had that. Sarah likes to make a mac and cheese with different meats in it and stuff. She makes one with um, it's uh kind of like you know it's like I think she calls it cheeseburger mac and cheese actually. So it's got like it has a hamburger. Well, yeah, but it's got it's got more than hamburger. She puts some other stuff in it to like, I think it's like mayonnaise, mustard, and ketchup. Hmm. And um, so it's it's got a it's got an interesting like you know kind of tastes like cheeseburgers, you know. So my friends Felix and Naran, they're roommates, and Naran is from Egypt and can cook really really well. And Felix, um, bless his heart, he likes cooking. He's just not that. It's not that he's bad at it. It's that he's roommates with Naran and Naran is a fantastic cook. So I showed Felix how to make my mac and cheese. Okay. He gets all excited. He's like, oh, I'm going to make that for Naran. Like, cool. Let me know how y'all like it. Cause I've, I've told Naran my cold brew recipe and they like, 
made cold brew in the house and they were talking to me about that. And so like we have been exchanging information on different recipes. I've used Grand stock pot. It's like a whole thing. Anyway, this, this boy tries to do the roux for like two hours straight. He made seven attempts and he was texting me the updates, oh. like freaking out, melting down. He was like, I don't know why this roux keeps turning into bread. And he like sent me a picture and literally it looked like there was a <laughs> loaf sitting at the bottom of the pan. And I was like, dude, you just add milk, <laughs> like add milk, stir like crazy. Let the flour cook. Like it'll, it'll do. I was like, I don't know how to help you. Cause like I've made roux so many times that like, it's kind of just like, you do it until it does what you want it to <laughs> like i mean it's butter and flour but then you need to add the milk because otherwise it will turn into bread because well so what happens <laughs> is if you don't add enough milk like the milk will react to the flour the flour will pop and up and it will become solid but you're yeah. supposed to continuously add milk and continue <laughs> just anyway he like could not figure <laughs> it out and I was like, hey, man, can you and Naren hang out with me on my birthday weekend? But you, can, like, you, you could have told him the cheat. There is a cheat for that. You don't have to make the roux. There's not Velveeta here. Oh, really? I know your gross little cheat. It does not work here because they do not have cheese product here. They don't have Velveeta in, in the no, UK? No, because really? it, it contains like three or four ingredients that the UK like requires you to put like a health and safety warning on. So they don't really have Velveeta here. I mean, it's made from cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's cheese food product. Like, like so there are yeah. a few things in Velveeta that like are not like, like the same it's goes for preservatives in it. They don't put in cheese because cheese would stop reacting. And that's why it's not actually cheese i mean it is cheese they stopped the reaction with preservatives yes so that it be so preservatives in the yellow dye number five that are yeah. not allowed within the uk without severe yeah. label warnings because i mean I, i've often it. explained to this to people that it is cheese it's just it stopped the cheese reaction so there's no live culture in it so they can't call it cheese mm -hmm. so if you would like to Petition the UK government to take. Well, that I mean, they're crazy the because, it, because it is the greatest away. cheat for mac and cheese roux ever. Because okay. you just throw that in there as a base, and everything's creamy, and then you can just throw your regular cheese in on top of it, make it taste better. <laughs> so I hear you, and I agree to you with you to the point that the same preservatives and like chemical, like the yellow dye shit, are mm -hmm. the reason that Taco Bell sauces suck here. Like, like the sauces at Taco Bell here are, here are just horrendous. And the reason is because it's not like the like devil product that's in the U.S. brand. So they don't um, have the nacho cheese? Yeah, they like they do, but it's just not the same. And then they don't have... Um, wrong because it doesn't have the right consistency because they couldn't possibly do that in a fast food place. It wouldn't be shelf stable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, so they don't have the fast food nacho cheese. And then they don't have um, their like, you know, the chorizo white saucy whatever. Yeah, it's well, it's, that's cotilla cheese generally. So no, no, no. But in Taco Bell, they have like a spicy cream sauce that's on their right. potato soft taco. It's on their, um, yes, it's, it's, it's ranch dressing and katia cheese mixed together, basically. <laughs> yeah. So right. yes. So they don't have that on any oh. of the UK 
Taco Bell items. Like they don't have a spicy, spicy potato soft taco because it doesn't have the spicy cheesy. So yeah, I mean, I think they throw some peppers in it as well, but like that's like basically like if you taste, if you took ranch dressing and mix some cotilla cheese in it, like half and half, it would taste a lot like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so because Taco Bell sucks here, I've been making my like own burrito bowls a lot lately. I'm amazing at burrito bowls. I hey, burrito bowls are great. Like homemade burrito bowls are the bomb. No, yeah, better rice whole bunch of mixed veggies and stuff and then you know a little lime juice some grated you, cheese you like buy your own like jalapenos and chop yeah. up and make a salsa with tomatoes and onions no i just do like they have like el paso salsa so i've been doing the el paso mm -hmm. sour cream and then um like fresh jalapenos fresh cut um diced tomatoes and then i do a squeeze of lime juice on top with some grated cheese because i mean you can make your own salsa pretty easily you probably yeah, like. but I, it's okay. Their salsa is okay. Like I don't need to go that hard. Like it's all right. We um, probably don't have the on the border salsa or the Chi Chi salsa or anything. No, they just have El Paso. Like the old El Paso. Yeah, old El Paso salsa is the salsa that I've been able to find. But well, those people got their salsa somehow distributed in the UK. That's cool. Yeah, I'm happy for them because it means that I have salsa. Old El Paso uh, refried beans are kind of my favorites. I don't like refried beans. I mean, old El Paso, like brand refrieds, because I get refrieds of different kinds. I right. like the old El Paso ones, and I don't think it's because they're fabulous necessarily, like intrinsically. I think it's because it like, was the first refried beans that I had. And now that's just your brand. Yeah, yeah like when, when I was a kid. And another thing that I really like is the... Um, uh, there's a, um, there's a taco sauce that I like that, it, uh, gosh, I can't, it's, it's Ortega taco sauce mm -hmm. and it's not great sauce, but I love it. Cause it's like that flavor from when I was seven and had sauce the first time, you know? So did I tell <laughs> you about the, so I, uh, this is going back to like sense memories. Did I tell you about like finding a, a GP here? GP general, Pract general practitioner. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I mentioned this to you, but long story long, in order to get a dentist appointment, because I need to get a dentist. Yeah, you were talking about this before. In order yes. to have a dentist appointment, you needed to have a GP. Yes. Yeah. So I walk into this GP's office. I literally need to fill out a piece of paper. They file it. They give me back the number I need. I'm allowed to have a dentist. Bam. The thing is, I went into their office and it was like, I had walked in to a building in Anderson in 2005. Not only was it that like dark brown brick and the carpet and the like, like cloth chairs, like things you don't want people coughing on because the germs will stay in it forever. Like that's this entire environment, right? It looks like the 1980s never left and it smells exactly like an old 1980s building in Anderson, Indiana. Like I, I literally walked in and I'm like, fuck. Maybe it was. Maybe there was a time warp door. The and, only time and space thing, warp door the, at the entrance. The only thing keeping me sane, the only thing pulling me back to, okay, this is just a really old building, was that the lady behind the counter had a Scottish accent. I was like, all right, well, you guys apparently just have a weird like thing in common with this particular building type, so we'll go on. <laughs> but maybe she was an immigrant. Listen, we don't, need to, we don't need to do this. We don't need to do the timey-wimey. We can just 
we can just be fascinated by the fact that I walked into this building and I was like, oh, okay. So in the 1980s, we had the same doctor's architectural movement for some reason. <laughs> maybe maybe they're just, you know, 40 years behind and this is the new movement there. Like, no, there's a maybe, maybe they're bringing maybe they're bringing sexy the back lately. Like just no, Dad. See, here's the thing: they're they just built a hospital that's like less than a block away, and it's nice, new, and shiny, and looks like a hospital. Okay, so <laughs> okay, it's just that the the general practitioners down the street, which is called Battlefield Surgery. That's my that's my regular doctor. I that go to this Battlefield Surgery building. Yeah, I mean that sounds nerve wracking to me. Like, yes, I feel like they're going to chop a limb off. Well, I mean, you know, they do have a history of some very, very heinous limb chopping right there in the middle of Glasgow. Um, yeah. So be real. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I think it, it that just all general doctors' offices are called surgeries here for some reason, um, and I just I think that like the. Comedy is comp like it's a bit, it's a truly ironic name because I'm certain maybe they're knife happy. It just does not register with them that that, <laughs> that that particular combination of words is a bit jarring for like something so maybe for everyday. maybe for an American. I mean, you know, it's that whole pants versus you know trousers trousers yeah. thing. You know, um, did you see my tweet about that? No, but I, I, John Craigie has a whole like bit about it. <laughs> yeah. So my friend, um, Evie, she is a Italian English translator for like books and stuff. And she's Scottish. She lives here in Glasgow. She, um, is, was working on a project that required her to write it in like the translation in American English. And she was like, I need someone to help me understand the distinguishment in, in factors between pants and trousers. And I was like, yeah, so trousers is fancy pants and pants is everything. And she was like, okay, so in Scotland, pants is underwear and trousers are all of the, like the pant, <laughs> like, like, like all pants are trousers and pants is a word we use for underwear. And I was like, huh? Okay. Well, we would and say I, underpants for underwear. If you wanted to have pants in the word, they would be the underpants because you wear them yeah. under your pants. Yeah. But, like so, I think like, the um the the other thing is that I don't even think that trousers is that fancy a word for pants here anymore. I feel like pants and trousers are almost equal. Like you could say, yeah, but like a trouser. Hold on, a trouser is like what I'm wearing. Where it's like, I, I, I understand that, like from a Webster's Dictionary version, that may be it. But if you just said to anybody trouser and they were wearing some old holy jeans, then it would still be fine. <laughs> no, see, I don't people, think that that's necessarily people in America are less picky about such things is all I'm saying. Well, I don't, there's a difference between not calling someone out on it and thinking it sounds a little weird, right? Like well, I was watching just, Inglorious Bastards the other day. And that may be like, true, but what I'm saying though is that people wouldn't, haven't called each other out on it so long that it's pretty much. <laughs> no, but no, but what I'm saying is like, I personally, I remember it was like, um, it was like a Tinder message or something. Someone was like, oh, I really love your trousers. Did you make them yourself? And I was like, I, in my photos, have a pair of um, pants that I've drawn on, right? Like, it's a pair of jeans that I, I like, did the, like, senior cords. But he said trousers. So for a second, I thought he meant, like, the pants I'm wearing now. 
like he thought that I had somehow made like an entire garment, like, and I was like, no, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I drew on that pair of pants, but none of the trousers are just purchased. And then I realized like, oh, you probably need the thing I actually made. Like, like I, I, I know for a fact that I do not, like, it takes me a second to realize if someone calls it true, like a non formal pant, a trouser. Uh, it doesn't for me. I just, okay. it, it washes past me because people. Well, you just have a, such a fancy brain. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think you have a fancier brain than me. No. I have all this like redneck in my past that I have to. Well, work. you've also worked for corporate America for over 20 years. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like your relationship with trousers is probably a little bit more. Well, you know, also I'm a different person there. You know, like there's there's versions of you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the work version of me, like probably wouldn't discuss something other than trousers because they wouldn't be wearing in the holy jeans that have been painted on. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you, you got to understand that um, people my age only started wearing anything that could have even been considered a trouser like a few months ago. Like, <laughs> like in this in the past year or two, trousers have come back into vogue like like cotton formal pants have hit a wave with this generation um that they were not with before like pretty much until i was like 19 or 20 everybody my age pretty much exclusively wore blue jeans i think that happens with every generation i don't think it's uh specific to yours yeah it's like we were all wearing blue jeans and leggings up until like two years ago and shorts yeah hot sometimes yeah and jorts even like you know cut off jean shorts those are yeah yeah ridiculous or like i had a, a pair of overall shorts for a while this is actually transitioning to the only other thing that happened with me this week which is yesterday i went to this place in glasgow called the Baras market um it is basically a giant fucking flea market which is good because i have been looking for a flea market i haven't been able to find them they don't have the same like estate sale, yard sale setup here. Okay. Annoying because I love me a bargain. I love to look through little tiny piles of crap. So found found out about the Boris Market, went to Boris Market. It is just, it is like bigger than Midland. And the quality of the content is the variety of a, of a flea market that's been around for a long time. So there's the high-end antiques and then there's also like just an entire like several pages uh, like several several buildings of garbage um and i loved it it was awesome the highlight of which (laughs) the highlight of this is the highlight of this is that on my way out there was this man he literally had a card table uh and that his entire setup was two card tables just stacked with vintage denim and i have a problem with vintage denim because it never never fits me but i was like okay if i do the men's jeans and i size up two to four inches from my waist i should be able to just get something that'll fit my hips and then go to a tailor and get it tailored down i found a pair of 40 inch waist wrangler jeans and i was like okay maybe it won't fit but i can do like a cute little stripe down the side and i tried it on when i came home yesterday ten dollar pair of pants fits me perfectly 
fits so well. It's the best pair of pants I've had in years. It's so good. And I only paid $10 for it. This is my so, moment. Was that in dollars or pounds? It was in pounds, but still. Like, <laughs> well, right now, I mean, the, the, the you know, pound to dollar ratio is nearly one to one. Like it's like a dollar three or something right now, right? No, it's, I mean, I'll have to look it up. It was a dollar eight on Monday. And then it went up to a dollar 12 because the Bank of England um, bolstered it. And it's expected to continue to drop. Yeah, it's a dollar 11 today. Um, it's, it's expected to continue to drop, which I mean, is good for me and my rent, but, um, well, it's, it's, it's bad for people here because the, the reason it's going that way is that they, uh, they raised interest rates up by three quarters of a point again. And so it's basically an attack on currency around the world. So the Mm -hmm. U S currency is becoming very strong. However, here, everything's becoming more expensive because they're creating artificial inflation in order to break inflation. Yeah. (laughs) So here things are saying the same price but the pound is like drastically lower it's like 20 it's dropped 20 cents to the us dollars since march when i first did my like cost analysis right um so that on the one hand is like basically um I'm like, okay well my rent's cheaper than when i first moved here uh, which is nice. And if it continues to drop and hits parity, um, because my paychecks are in US dollars, my like it's basically like ostensibly I'd get a raise. But you're getting a so, raise anyway, I guess. Yeah. We were Yeah. We're <laughs> so well, and so like that's that like that's the weird part is like like basically it's weird because my US dollars become more valuable the more the economy here crashes. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. So I've been keeping an eye on it, is basically what I'm saying. But ten dollar pair of jeans. It was a good day. Are you uh going to uh be showing those off when you come back to America in a couple of weeks? I mean, I will probably pack them because they are now my best pair of pants. Okay. I also got, same day, more expensive pair, but I got a 44-inch waist pair of Carhartts from like the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna get those tailored in and they'll basically be like a, a straight leg, like mom jean type fit, which will be good. I mean, Okay. I I know this means hardly anything to you, but basically it's like as long as I don't have to wear. You know, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, like basically, like I just want pants that will last a while, and that was what. Yeah, so I spent like twenty five dollars on the pair of Carhartts, which is drastically cheaper than a new pair of Carhartts. So true. Uh, Well, so uh, the uh, in in transition to the. Uh, the last of the first season of the Gilmore Girls, like, um, you know, the coming back to America is a thing, it's kind of a thing because Richard's mother comes from Europe to back home and visits in the third Lorelei, right? Yeah, but I'm way cooler than Lorelei's grandmother. I'm I mean, not- everyone's cooler than Lorelei's grandmother. <laughs> She's. <laughs> <laughs> Lorelai's grandma is the fucking worst. <laughs> I mean, you know, first off, 
the, the I love many things about this. The fact that uh, Emily is trying to unpack all the gifts that she ever got from her that like because she hates all of them. And it's like, you know, some of these like, you know, the part of it that made me laugh the most is she's trying to get all these gifts and she calls up Lorelai <laughs> to ask back for the hat rack that she gave her. Like, of course, that, you know, she's like, <laughs> wait a minute. You you gave me a, like she's basically a used hat rack. Yeah, used hat. She's nailing her for regifting. He's like, it's still it was still in the crate, and I, like that's the line that killed me actually about that bit. She goes, it was still in the crate, and I'm like, you had that fucking crate delivered to her house like <laughs> Christmas morning, and you wonder why your kid is weird with you. <laughs> I mean, and the hat rack, once we see it, is, I it's mean, insane. horrible. <laughs> right. It's so, also one of those things where she so says, like, okay, Can you imagine that Lorelai's, like, put it in the house because she likes eclectic weird shit, but also mm-hmm. is completely aware that this hat rack is stupid. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's only... In, in a way, the hat rack is actually a good Lorelai gift because it is insanely ridiculous right it's, yeah it's she's been giving her shit stuff. about the monkeys and stuff in her house and it's like yeah but you gave her this hat rack that you handed down from a regift thing and that's a horrible thing do you like you just added to the mess you know well <laughs> in fairness she didn't want it <laughs> you know it's like this is suiting her devices in one way or another. So I loved it. I also loved at the end of the episode where they're having that conversation. She goes, hey, mom, one favor. And she goes, sure. What's up? And she goes, don't make me take the hat rack back because <laughs> it's like 100 pounds. Like, can you well, imagine? They had, the, the that they had it like hanging out the top of the Jeep with the top down. Yeah. Like, it was like, <laughs> they couldn't. <laughs> For 30 minutes from Hartford to Stars Hollow. Yeah. Insane. So, I'm trying like, to think of, yeah. So, like Laura, you know, you said how bad Lorelai's uh, the 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 original Lorelai is. You know, she's like so freaking mean. You know, like yeah. just mean, 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 mean. Like everything she she keeps sending Emily off to get things that she isn't going to eat, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, like Lorelai's like, you know, we need to catch up, and she's like. You've grown up, got pregnant, had a child. The child's grown up, and you still manage to not get married. Did I leave anything out? <laughs> and Lorelai says, well, between growing up and getting pregnant, I got my ears pierced. <laughs> Which I thought was fabulous. You know, and of course, the whole crux to this episode is that Emily feels like she's going to lose them if they don't need her for money anymore, which I think is really sad. At the same time, you know, she causes her not to get the money. Like, yeah. you know, the reason well, Lorelai is going to give uh, Rory her money early and decides that the parents aren't mature enough for the kid to have the money early. <laughs> you know? So the thing about it, like, like it's like one of those things like you've said before that the main crux of the whole like Lorelai and her parents relationship is like 
that they don't understand each other. And there's like a barrier between their willingness to like understand each other. And I think that this is like the real thing about it. Cause the second that Emily starts saying like, I don't understand why you're happy. She's not going to want you either. Like about Rory and Lorelai, like that's the whole thing. Like she's playing mind games with her daughter. And it's like, she can so clearly see that her mom is trying to like control her and like take the thing away, but she doesn't, see why like if it's amazing to me that after all that time Lorelai can hear her mom say something as silly as like oh well if Rory had money she would leave you the second she could and not go hey mom I know you're saying that because you're afraid that we're not going to come to Friday night dinners if we don't have to (laughs) like like I can tell that the reason is that you want us to keep coming here even if we don't have to like it's it was obvious from the second she said it but Lorelai would not have ever seen it right yeah. and, and, and it's Lorelai like one of those things that the reason that she wants like the she has no problem with giving them the money as long as she comes for Friday night dinner because she wants to actually know her you know what I mean yeah. like that is like a huge step yeah. of love right there like it's like it, it, yeah she's she's trying to force you to come even though it's going to be painful for both of you because she really wants her daughter in her life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like Lorelai just isn't to the point where she's willing to see that right now. Right. Like, like that's the whole, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. and it does bother her. Like she talks about it with Sookie and everybody, like she kept it from Rory. And I'm like, if you told Rory about that and then said, Oh yeah. And my mom said this, Rory would be like, well, grandma just wants us to keep coming to Friday night dinners. Like, Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so Yeah, because yeah. Rory isn't affected by the, you know, the trauma of all of it, right? You know, she's yeah. just like I mean Well, and I do think it's funny, um because Lorelai is senior, right? Like she very much has this richardness about her where it's like earning her love is a is a thing like there's a dynamic there where like the acceptance is like she plays teams with people right like the same way that Richard's Richard does it's like Richard and Emily are not together in their pursuit of Rory's like affection and relationship with them mm-hmm. um and that's primarily Richard's doing um but the same goes for his mom like the idea that he's first of all just sitting there and watching his mom like be a belligerent fucking asshole to his wife is kind of crazy um like i can't imagine you letting anyone in your family talk talk to sarah like that Mm-mm. um and i can't imagine like mom letting anyone talk to joe like that or like vice versa so it's a little or bit even like me like no. Yeah, like I mean, we're divorced, and she wouldn't let her family talk to me that way. <laughs> no, you know exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, and I would because there's him, a matter of respect. I like, wouldn't like, let them talk to Tammy that way. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, I would. Oh, like if a yeah. like if a Bowman thought that they could say something about my parents' divorce, they would hear no end of it. You know, I'd be like, uh, you don't get to no. talk about my family like that. There, there, and so, like, it's very interesting to me that, like, backlash from either of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's like it's like like. Richard very much is like, oh, well, that's just standard stock. That's my mother. He doesn't even see it, right? Mm -hmm. While, meanwhile, like, Emily is suffering over it and saying as much to Richard, and he just is not 
noticing at all. And then, um, like really it's like Richard had all the opportunity in the world to intervene in that. And his mom is picking favorites, even down to saying things like he knows that Richard likes his daughter and he like and like, he likes Rory. And so like, when she says that thing, like, Oh, well you did all of these things. Have I missed anything? Well, I got my ears pierced. She goes, is, is that a joke? And Lorelai is like, yeah. And then she goes, very good. And like, it's like, just like giving a little bit of approval. Right. Like, 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 like she's like doling out affection in a very specific calculated manner. Right. Oh, like she actually liked that she was mean back. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> that she was mean back in a snarky way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the side plot of this one is fun too, because Rory tries to set up Tristan in Paris, mostly because she feels guilty about kissing Tristan, which she shouldn't have done. And um, and so they they're going to go out, and then Paris comes over to get food to get clothes because she doesn't know what to wear, right? And I love the line mm-hmm. where she says <laughs> she puts on the clothes, and she says, "I swear to God, you look great." And she says, "Are you an atheist?" And she's like, why? She's like, because that affects the whole validity of you squaring to God. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, Paris is like, you, should, you just swore to God. Should I believe you or not? Because if you're an atheist, I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm take your, well, and like, swearing to God with a grain of salt, you know? Well, and I love Paris because she has been in the thick of lawyeries forever, right? Like you can tell that she's witnessed a parental divorce in a very raw way. Cause she's, she's talking like an attorney. Right? And she parses everything, right? Like yeah. Yeah, every word that's parsed, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, and then, um, of course they, uh, uh Tristan, uh, as he always does handles everything poorly. And tells Paris that Rory asked him to set him up, and Paris gets mad, and um, which you know is, is I mean, totally valid reaction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's like, "Are you crazy? You told her," and he's like, "I didn't know it was a secret." I'm like, "Well, are you an idiot? Like, because you are. I mean, we we already know that, you know." Yeah. Well, and like, um, yeah. And then you know, the very end of that episode. She says, I have something to tell you. I loaned Paris your black mini and you may not ever see it again. She says, well, I have something to tell you. You lost a quarter of a million dollars today. Yeah. <laughs> right? They have a thing to tell each other. Yeah. So what, Emily, what was the episode after that? Emily in Wonderland. Which... Um, like Rory says she needs baby pictures of grandma and grandpa at the start. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and then she also needs them of Lorelai and Emily says, I don't have any. And she's like, what do you mean? You oh, have yeah. to have baby pictures. And she says, no, I don't, I don't have any. And she's like, that story can't be true. Yes. When I was set, when she was seven, I walked into the room and she was burning all of them in the fireplace. And it was because she had an unusually large head. Yeah. Well, I love the way that she revealed this is like, it it was very much like, no, you were a perfectly normal baby. Mostly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. (laughs) So she had a giant head apparently, and she hated all the pictures and burned them all, which, you know, to me, this sounds like, you know, your mother right there. She would totally burn some, a picture that she didn't like guaranteed. Like, 
<laughs> you know, no matter what. It's harder to do that in a digital age, though, you know? Yeah. There'll be pictures. Unfortunate it. that it is, you know? <laughs> Not really. I think so. I think we should be able to destroy the ugly captures of ourselves. <laughs> there's, a photo, there's a photo on the roller derby, like, page where I am getting hit. And it is the ugliest photo I've ever seen of myself. My face is being red. I was wearing glasses because I didn't have contacts at the time. And my nose, it's like right here. And I'm getting hit. So like my, it's like literally I'm making this shape. And your face is like smashed to one side or something, right? Yeah. And my hair is like painted to my head. It's, <laughs> it's so fucking bad. It's the only photo of me skating in any roller derby, anything as a, as a player. And I immediately upon seeing it almost cried and messaged the photographer and was like, hi, could you please untag me from that? And honestly remove it because this is dramatic, but I don't like the idea of me being that, like having that ugly of a moment in this public of a format. Like I'm all right being ugly. I'm okay having ugly moments. I'm okay not having good angles. It's just I don't like the idea of us archiving it forever, <laughs> like, like, and then putting it on a public forum like this. I mean, That's not no. what I'm cool with. I, I guess whenever I have a bad photo of me where it's like a, a public appearance or something, I don't worry about it too much because it's like, you know, from some angle somewhere, somebody blinked for a minute and it looked like that, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and I'm like, you know, I am what I am. So whatever, you know, <laughs> if I was getting hit in the face at the time, I don't expect that I'm going to look wonderful, you know? Okay. Well, uh, I mean, that's, that it is what it is, you know? Um, but, but, you know, I, I get, I get your, I, I respect your feelings on the matter. Thank you. Um, and, and if I, we take ugly photos of me, please delete them. Well, I, I, I don't post ugly photos of you. Come on. I know that, but here's the thing. The reason for that is because I was upset and now we have prior approval processes in place. <laughs> well, sometimes. I mean, your birthday photo, you did not give me prior approval for, really. Because I took it. I took it and sent it to you and then you screenshotted it and shared it. Yeah. Yeah. But I told you I was going to share it. And, but I, yes. you know. And I if I had been like, you need to send that to me, please, before you post it. I probably would have. Yeah. Yeah. Or I would have just posted one of the cute little baby pictures of you. Because there's so many where you have little you, you cheeky we pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be cheeky. Um yeah. so anyway, um in in this start of this thing though, what happens is that Rory invites Emily to go to Stars Hollow. Yes. Oh, oh, this is such a cute episode until it's not. <laughs> so she invite she's invited to Stars Hollow. She goes to Rory and Lorelai's house. She says, "Oh well, I don't want to walk anything where we should like drive." Um, well, and I mean, Rory's yeah. like, "Oh well, you can just borrow a pair of mom's shoes, right?" Right. So, so first and foremost, I love the idea that like this is the first time Rory or Lorelai have seen grandma in trainers. Like she's never been in sneakers before ever. To the uh, point and, where it looks so, weird. I, but, but like the, the funny things to me, like there's this crossroads that happens that really cracks me up right there. Right. So mm -hmm. like she shows up in those, but we're, we before that we're rolling into the lobby of the independence Inn, and mm -hmm. rune is sitting there. 
which makes me instantly laugh because I thought we were done with Loon forever, <laughs> right? I forgot that he came back I, I completely, right? And so he's sitting there in the lobby and I just start laughing. And then he starts talking to Michelle and I really start laughing because Michelle, <laughs> Michelle I'm like, Michelle and, and Rune are like opposites. Like there's no mm-hmm. way this is ever going to be anything but a fight, right? Like this is going to be a cat fight from the beginning. Like he thinks he's disgusting. Right, like, he and he is, and That's he is because he is. It's because he is, and he's kind of proud of it, right? Yeah. Like so, it's like, and then, and then it cuts away to the like to the kitchen, and uh, Laura Lyons talking to Suki about Rune being there, and Jackson comes in with jam. <laughs> and he's like, he goes, you know, as a thank you for. And she's like, what? Because Suki's like, no, I haven't gotten to it yet. You know, didn't you see me waving the ladle? Well, that could mean anything. (laughs) And he puts the jam in her mouth and she can't really speak because she's got jam in her mouth as he like begs her to let Loon Loon work there. Mm-hmm. And so that all works out, and he's like going to go live in the potting shed, which is where she used to live, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and then Emily comes in while she came in while they were in the kitchen, right? Yeah, no. I thought she, she came, came in, in and was talking to to Michelle, right? But they had already been to the antique store by the time that they ended up. Oh, yeah, yeah, the antique store. That was good. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, so Rory takes her grandma to the antique store because the whole reason for this visit is that Emily's former antique connection was found out by some bitch who just goes around to antique stores and buys all of a certain collection, which is horrendous horrendous behavior (laughs) like like speaking as someone who likes antiques but cannot afford them a lot of the time it's like the idea that someone would just like flaunt their wealth by being like oh well i just wanted all of this designer's collection so i went ahead and bought all of it from here like to new england like fuck it i'm gonna just buy all of the eastern seaboard cherry oak furniture for the next foreseeable future. Like, you're a bad person. So Emily trusted the wrong person with her antique locations. And she was like, can't find any good stuff anywhere. And Rory says, oh, well, what about Lynn's Antiques in Stars Hollow? Obviously, Emily doesn't know what that is. Um, so she, <laughs> Rory takes her grandmother to her best friend's mother's store, which is this quintessential cacophony death trap antique store exactly like the Taurus market by the way and it's literally like wall-to-wall jam-packed stuff can hardly walk through definitely a fire hazard and she's walking through she's like how can there be anything good in here and then she's like oh well that's quite nice like almost immediately I'm like, yeah you're Ooh, right. look at that one. right yeah like yeah because they're stacked on top of each other and you can't really see but when, once you see the trees instead of the forest, it's like, oh, there's some really nice stuff under here. I love their yeah. negotiation between Mrs. Yeah. Kim and Emily. Like, that was a great scene. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like they're very just quickly arguing. And then they end up, they find an agreement very quickly. And then Emily walks away and she goes, 
I like that woman. (laughs) 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 And you're just sitting there thinking, of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. She's you. Yeah. She's totally you. She's just the Korean version, you know, like, yeah, that's the, that's the funny thing. Yeah. Um, um, uh, and then uh, the side story that's going on through this one is Rachel, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's taken a picture of the dragonfly in, which is really cool. I love the mm-hmm. shadowing of all of that, right? Yeah. And she, um, she shows Lorelai, and so they're going to go out there and uh, look at the place. And they go out there together, and Rachel tells Lorelai she's ready to get serious with Luke, you know? And, mm-hmm. But then, of course, I, I, we we cut back to... That's when Lorelai comes in, uh, in that they comes back. She comes back from that trip and runs into Michelle and Emily, right? Yes. Okay. And then uh, Michelle and Emily are like, they've met for two seconds and they love each other. Yeah. They speak in, they speak in French together and they're just like, <laughs> yeah. And Emily says something along the lines of, who is that man and where did you find him? He's lovely. And she's like, Michelle? Okay. <laughs> and then Michelle is like, your mother is a delight. <laughs> so this is where the real storm brews of this episode, because at this point, when they're at the Independence Inn, Rory's like, oh, well, I want to show grandma the grounds. And Rory takes her grandma to the potting shed where Lorelai first raised Rory after running out, so, running away from her parents. She was like nine years old. They lived. Yeah. First nine years of Rory's life. Right. And it's, it's a studio that is a former potting shed. So it's, it's become a potting shed again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's like, there's a bathtub, a bed, a small kitchen with hot plate. Right. Like, and that's like it. She and put a curtain around the bathroom. Like there's, I mean, it's a it's a great spot. Like the outdoors of it is wonderful. Yeah, right? it's a really cute. Honestly, it's like if you're not, um, if you don't mind like the bathroom not having walls, like that's the main <laughs> problem. Right. Yeah. So like it has running water. It has a kitchen set up. It has a bed. It's like it's a fine enough place to live. It's a little bit cramped for raising a child. Um, which is probably why she eventually decided to buy that giant fucking beautiful Victorian home that she raised her daughter in for the next however many years. But it's actually not that big of a home either. It's only a, like a two bedroom, you know, it's not a huge house. Mm-hmm. The, here's the thing with that. They say it's a two bedroom, but the wide shot of it, it's the the building itself that they've put, like they've said is that like the set is smaller than the footprint of the home. Like it's just, yeah. I mean, there's a but upstairs. There's a, a bathroom too, and I know that later they like expand the house when Luke moves in. But <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is like the wide shot of it with the wraparound porch, right? And like, like it just it the footprint of it does not match what the set is, right? Like you know the layout of that house. It's not a traditional Victorian layout. <laughs> like they've done it specifically for TV, and it does not match what that home is. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. Okay. So, um, but the potting shed thing, like Emily freaks out, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and she freaks out very quietly, right? Like, like if, but she yeah, leaves. She, she yeah. leaves. Rory knows she, she's mad, but she doesn't know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She doesn't know why. 
And Lorelai doesn't really know why either until they show up at Friday night dinner and are led into Rory's new room at grandma and grandpa's house. And it has like all of the things that Emily thinks that her granddaughter will like. And she says, Oh, well, I just want you to always have a place here. Right. Mm -hmm. Which seems innocent enough, kind of weird, but innocent enough. Oh, maybe it's a kooky grandma thing. And then Rory leaves the room and Lorelai has a word with her where she says, Hey, grandma, this is weird. And in a not you kind of way, what's, what's up, what's happening. And it very like within two to three questions devolves into Emily straight up yelling at her daughter. And it's like the most heartbreaking thing she could have possibly said, because she's saying like, you would have lived on the street. You would have lived in the cold with that baby just to be not here. Right. And uh-huh. like that, like is heartbreaking because it's like one of those things where Emily cannot possibly comprehend what would drive Lorelai to do that. And Lorelai can't explain it. And honestly, it's like one of those things where I, I can't even quite understand it. You know, like I've been a pissed off teenager before. I can imagine being in a home environment that I want to run away from. I mean, heck, sometimes I have been in a home environment that I've wanted to run away from. <laughs> but I don't I don't know that she would have completely lived on the street. Right. I think she yeah. found a place to land. But yeah. I, I think that the thing is, she was able to take the risk of finding a place to land and living in a potting shed because she knew in the back of her mind that if she really needed a place to stay, she could always go back there, even yeah. though she didn't want to. And it's hard to explain that. But what she wanted was autonomy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's hard to, you know, it, it's like at a certain point, you just want to not live with your parents anymore. Like, hey, yeah. okay, I didn't like living with my parents, you know? Yeah. Like, I, uh, as soon as I possibly could, I found a way to not live with my parents. Although, you know, and a lot of people do, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, um, it doesn't mean that I don't like my parents. It just means that I didn't want to live with them, you know? Yeah. And I think I mean, the same goes for you and me. Like I've told you before, like, I love you. It's not that I don't like you. It's not that I don't think that we cohabitate. Okay. It's I want to live on my own. I want to live in a different building from my parents. I feel completely like, you know, shunned. Um, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Like you want to move into this one bedroom with me. I I mean, I kind of expect you reach a certain age. You want to live in your own place. Right. Oh no. What happened? Hello? Who? Sorry, someone just aggressively buzzered my apartment. I don't know who it was, so. (laughs) But no, I mean, I think that, you know, most parents would expect that. However, she was 16 and pregnant. And so her time came quicker, (laughs) you know. Well, I don't even think she was pregnant. I think she'd had the baby before she moved, right? Like she took Rory and left. I'm unclear on that. I I don't think so. I think that she was still pregnant. No, I think that she had the baby and then left. That that is something okay. we need to research. 
Okay. We'll probably find out later, but either way, she was not like, you know, yeah. Old if she did. Right. Um, so I think that that's the, you know, that's the thing that it's hard for Emily to grasp because Emily like can't even imagine that she would ever put her kid in that place or her grandkid, you know, it's not like the house she's been to the house and she's like, you know, it's not her thing, but it, 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 you know, the house doesn't seem like anything awful. Right. But living in the potting shed with no walls around the bathroom that really hit her, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And that's a, that's a rough thing. Right. Yeah. Because it, it, like, honestly, it is one of those things where it's like, I'm certain Emily never had a living situation that was like that, right? Like she probably doesn't know anyone who has had a living situation like that. <laughs> right. <Really>. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely but, not. Yeah. So like her frame of reference for that is you don't have walls around your bathroom. Are you dying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, then, um, the other plot, like, which is around Lorelai and Rachel and Luke, where Lorelai talks to Luke to get for, about Rachel, which, like, I love the echo of the previous episode where um, Rory talked to Tristan for mm-hmm. Paris, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, neither of these things works. <laughs> Not really. Well, but, uh, uh-huh. It's one of those things where it's like Rachel knew who she was asking. And I think that it's like one of the, like, like I've been thinking about this and I think that it's like in, in the societal shit of girl world. Right. I think it's one of those things where, Rachel is being intentional by the person she's choosing, right? Like she could have chosen any other good friend of Luke. She could have chosen Sookie. She could have chosen like anybody else in town, right? But she chose Lorelai. And it's not just because Luke is really good friends with Lorelai. It's because Luke is in love with Lorelai. Like she specifically chose Lorelai because then it would be the person Luke's in love with looking at Luke and saying, hey, you need to choose somebody else aside from me. You should choose this person who's right in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. On the other side of that, I think that Lorelai is kind of at least subconsciously aware that that is what she would be saying. is like, hey, you need to choose somebody else because I'm not going to. But I think that she is not actively aware of that yet enough to fully like grasp that Rachel is aware of that and asking her specifically to do that, right? Like, she's in denial about the fact that she likes Luke at all or that that's even a thing, even though it clearly is a thing, so. Well, she's in denial about Luke and um, she's in denial about Luke because she's really, really afraid of it. Yeah. Like, she, she's really afraid that she'll mess it up and and that, like, Luke is her friend regardless, and she yeah. doesn't want to mess that up no matter what because, you know, she really, really values it, but she's, like, scared of her own self, <laughs> you know, yeah. especially after what happened with Christopher, right? Right. Um, and so, 
you know, there's that. And then, of course, <laughs> there, I have this little line in here about Kirk because I, I love to have the, like, Kirk things in mm-hmm. here. But um, the they were at the movies, and Kirk is trying to get them to shush. Mm-hmm. Like, before the movie starts, he says, I, know, I, I want silence before the film to, cl- to cleanse my emotional palate. That's literally what he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know how I've always said that Kirk is my, like, mm-hmm. his, his, his character is awesome because he is like, he provides a little moment of comic relief to everything. Like, and, uh, and like such a twisted comic, comic relief, like something out, out of left field every single time. Mm-hmm. And that that is like, you know, Lorelai and Rory are sitting there talking at, at, before the film. And they're talking about Emily, I think. And but like Kirk is like, shh. <laughs> you know, like, the, the movie hasn't started yet, Kirk. I'm trying to cleanse my emotional palate. <laughs> you know? And then his phone starts ringing. Right. <laughs> and it's like a really obnoxious ringtone. It's like it's <laughs> and everybody in the theater. This is after the film started too. Like it wasn't even yeah. like, yeah. So that was pretty good. And then of course it ends with the dragonfly dreams sequence where Suki mm-hmm. is looking through the place and complaining about what isn't there. We'll build a kitchen, Suki, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love that. So then we go to uh, episode 20, which is PSILO, um, um. which um, Dean ends up being Lane's science project partner and doesn't tell Rory, right? I think that's the, the start of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This this one really goes off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this one. I think I talked to you during the week and you said that this one was bothering you. Um, yeah, because it, it it makes me it makes me not like Rory. Like, there's so many things that, like this whole episode. I would rather name it the cringe episode. I just want I, I cringe on all so many things that happened during it. Right? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, we can about, run through them real quick because, like, the crux of this is this is all most, people making bad decisions and doing things that are cringeworthy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so Lane is Rory's. Uh, like Rain, Lane is and Rory are learning Dean's schedule so that Rory can go into the store when Dean's not there. Right. Um, and then Lane is omitting the fact that her science partner is Dean and that they have like a study session. Rory goes over to Lane's house and finds like finds Dean there studying. Lane and Rory get into a weird spat about it where Lane's like, hey man, I was just trying to protect you. And Rory's like, I don't need protecting. And she was like, okay, well, why are you keeping track of Dean's schedule if you don't need protecting? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's part one. And Rory's kind of distracted by all that. Right. So she yeah, did- she's like distracted by it, not talking about it. She doesn't know how to process it, whatever. So the next day her and Lo- like, she kind of gives Lorelai a bit of attitude and then like Lorelai's like, Oh, I just know you're having such a hard time with Dean. And that kind of sets Rory off a little more. And then Rory goes to school, is clearly distracted in Max Medina's class. And Max pulls Rory aside after class, not his fucking place. Gonna just put it out there that if you're (laughs) dating one of your students' parents, maybe don't make it your personal mission to like bring up your child's private life. (laughs) <laughs> they're like that's not that's not your job don't do it 
It's not a good way to date somebody. You, can, you know, when she's walking out of class, she can say, hey, Rory, can you please pay attention? I need you to like, yeah. you're not focused. I'm not sure why. Like, don't say what, you know why, especially when you're secretly talking to her mother, right? Yeah. He doesn't realize it's a secret. Well, it doesn't matter if he doesn't realize it's a secret. Well, Not the time or place to bring it up. That part of it to me is hilarious. It's like, Max, what kind of adult are you? That like she has been not going on an actual date with you and just talking to you on the phone because there she is all the time about this, been worried about how it will affect Rory, right? And, and you're like, oh, let me talk to Rory. You still haven't gotten it, right? Like, yeah. Because you're talking to Rory and then giving away secrets. So, like, you just did cringeworthy things on top of the cringeworthy, well, Lorelai hasn't told anyone, which is also cringeworthy. Yeah. And then Lorelai's out shopping for Luke, right? Yeah. Pick Rachel's birthday present, which all of that's cringeworthy. Like, Again, not your place. <laughs> Let it be a bad gift. He's not going to get better at gift giving just because you did it for him. And honestly, cat pot holders, kind of funny. right so yeah so like like so max brings it up to rory let's lose not only that he's still talking to her mom but also that in those phone calls lorelei has been talking about rory's dating life and now her teacher knows and that sucks and so rory comes home she's pissed off at at everyone Lorelai has been having a somewhat normal day, doesn't realize the bomb that's already pretty much two seconds from going off. Actually, and then they, they start, they get in a fight at Luke's. Yeah. And then, and then she says, well, I'll just see you at home and doesn't go home. Yes. And, and when she so, says, I'll see you at home, it cuts away to Richard and Emily, which I love because they're fighting about going to a fundraiser and yeah. Richard really, really, really doesn't want to go. <laughs> so this is uh, this next whole cascade is what I like to call um, three people making choices that make me hate them in a row, right? It's a little domino effect of each of them individually making choices that make me kind of hate them. And number one is Rory, um, because the audacity of literally leaving town without telling your parent at all, like, telling them you're going to be home, not being home, not leaving a note, not calling, not telling anyone else. She could have told the neighbors anything. She could have left a fucking smoke signal. I don't know. But she didn't tell Lorelai, which is like rule number one. Like you can't just disappear on all of your parents at once. They're, they're like, like, call cool. the police or whoever to look for you because... Yeah, so now you freaked out the entire fucking town because you can't deal? Like, that's not cool. Like, that's not needing space. That's being an asshole, okay? <laughs> Simple. It's called being an asshole. In the meantime, because she's being an asshole, the other fallout of this is that Lorelai is an asshole to Dean about it. And Dean blows up and says, okay, well, she's the one who broke up with me. Yeah. Let's like the Lorelai finally found out the truth because Dean was like, I'm sick of everybody blaming me. I tell somebody yeah. I love them and they just sit there and that's my fault. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Lorelai realizes, Oh, so I'm t-, and this is the second thing, because at this point in the series, it's like not clear that Lorelai doesn't know what happened. Right. Because Rory cried about it. And you'd think like, Oh, well, while she was crying, she probably said what happened. Right. No. She hasn't even told her parent what happened, right? So 
two horrible decisions. Rory has completely fucking disappeared. Didn't tell her mom where she was actively. It did that in kind of a malice with malicious intent. And the reason she's upset is because she hasn't told her mom this vital piece of information. And the fallout of that is that her ex-boyfriend's getting all of the heat for something that she did, right? Like she wasn't ready to say, I love you. That's completely fine. But not telling even your mom about that means that the entire town is forming a lynch mob around Dean. And that's not cool. Well, so, the lynch mob thing, like Lorelai was sitting there talking with Luke, right? And, yeah. and, and, and he's like, you know, he's commiserating with her because he doesn't really like Dean. But he, he like he says actually something that's really funny in the middle of it. And it like makes her smile. He said something mm-hmm. like, I know how to get it, get it, get it back at Dean. Key Taylor's car and tell him Dean did it. And then tell him that he littered. And then he walks his dog without a leash. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that was actually really funny. Because if you did anything like that to Taylor, like it was... <laughs> That's like the worst thing you can do. It's even worse than fighting with him, right? Yeah. So yeah. So basically, that that's what that's my contention with Rory. She takes a cab to her grandparents' house, and in my head, I'm thinking, oh, good. Richard and Emily have an opportunity to respect their child as an adult who has a child. What a key moment. And this, is, and this is probably coming from the environment that I was raised in with divorced parents in that I have always known that all of you guys are a team and that like being mad at one of you guys does not mean that I'm going to be able to just run off and side with any of the others, right? It's like, if I'm mean to Joe and it's even if it's Joe's fault, I'm going to have a, hey, you can't be an asshole to your stepdad conversation. (laughs) Even if later on you talk to him separately and you're like, hey, don't talk to my kid that way. We're not talking to Bailey that way. That was not cool. What I hear is that person is a member of our parenting team and you don't get to talk to them like that. And that you don't get to treat them that way. And Richard and Emily both look at each other and decide to not be team Lorelai. And that is like the biggest fucking affront that I like that I could possibly fathom. It makes it hard for me to like them for most of the next season, (laughs) because I'm still thinking in the back of my head, like you don't respect her as a parent. Like it's one thing to be upset with your child. It's another one thing to be upset with what they decided with their child, but to be completely disrespectful of them as a parent in front of their child is the worst thing you could possibly do if well, you're trying to be on there. The thing is, it's not only disrespectful of her as a parent, it's actually that they, it's born out of the fact that they disrespected her decisions her whole life. And that's yeah. why she had to get the hell out. Yeah. Right? Like, it's they, like they don't respect her as a human being, you know? And, and, and they do agree. that so blatantly in front of Rory that it's like, okay, well, why would you ever expect her to be on your side with anything? You know, it's like, you're not on her side at all. And even if you weren't on her side, you should at least acknowledge that Rory is 16. Okay. And didn't tell her parent where she went. You know, but at least Emily called her and told her like on that regard, she did do something right. (laughs) But she also spent that time lecturing her about like, well, she doesn't want to come home right now. Okay. Well, she's a child. So. (laughs) 
Yeah. So I, I, I do. I did like how Lorelai got the truth out of her by making up the Taylor Hansen scenario. She's like, why yeah. am I into Taylor Hansen? Can, can we change the scenario? <laughs> like, so that was good. Okay, so yeah. then uh, the the last episode of the of the first season, which has its own series of both cringes, fixes, and like, oh my god, set up for the next things, right? Yeah, I mean, hey. the, fir- the first cringe is that we get up in the morning and there's hammering because Luke's outside fixing the porch at yeah. six in the morning, which is kind of funny because mm-hmm. Lorelai is like, I don't care if you're fixing the porch, get out of here. It's like 6.30 in the morning. Didn't tell me that you were coming over to fix my house. Didn't ask if it was okay. It's 6.30 in the morning and you're trying to fix a railing at my house. I appreciate that you're fixing it, but it's 6.30 in the morning and you need to come back later. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. me right now. And then he just keeps doing that because he's clearly dodging Rachel at Lorelai's house. Well, the, uh, the part later, like they're in there and like he, she can't think of somebody's name that used to work in town somewhere. And she walks out back and just starts talking and it, it pans up and Luke's on the roof fixing something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> Luke's still there fixing things. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it doesn't specifically tell you that he's anything, that he's avoiding Rachel or whatever, but he just, you know, it's like, oh, so he's on a binge. He's now working on a roof. I, I <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. that, that was interesting. Yeah. But, um, Back to the beginning of the thing, like she comes into work and Michelle says he's suffering from ennui, metaphysical angst, or whatever. <laughs> and my favorite part of that is, you know, the, like, but first off, I'm like, okay, well, get over yourself, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so was Lorelai. And then they walk into the kitchen and Su- Suki has, <laughs> she says she has ennui. <laughs> <laughs> Which is caused by her being a bit of a hypochondriac and Michelle setting her off, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was funny. And then they're in the kitchen, like, you know, um, you know, because there's a lot of chopping around in this one. She's in the kitchen at the house with uh, uh, Rory and talking about a dream she has. Mm-hmm. And she says something about um, oil or something, and Rory takes it off into another tangent and she says you did that thing where you're somebody's talking about their dream and it reminds you of something in your dream and it comes becomes all about your dream and the other person's like hey what about my dream (laughs) 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 right Mm -hmm. i love that um and when when she finds she goes out to talk to luke that's when rory finds the box right Mm -hmm. yeah the the dean box the dean box Right. And I expected Rory to be a little bit bent about the Dean box, but she wasn't, which was. Because she still likes Dean. Yeah. Yeah. So she finds the Dean box. She's like, I'm going to try and get back together with Dean. She goes into the supermarket on a Wednesday. Dean's not there anymore. She's like, well, fuck. How do I tell this man that I love him? And well, maybe he... he's found that on Thursday, actually, because on Wednesday, he's not there. She goes in on a Thursday and he's not yeah. there. And she's afraid he's found one of those Thursday girls. Yes. Yeah. So, so she's like worried and Lane's like, no, I've never seen him talk to anyone else. In fact, his friends say that he's kind of broken up about it. So, um, then, she, then she goes to his house. Yeah. She goes to his house. She talks to his little sister 
she freaks out his little sister because she's being weird. <laughs> and the little sister starts crying right there. <laughs> she's like, don't cry. I'm a Girl Scout. She says, I'm a Girl Scout. Where's your uniform? Well, we've gotten away from the uniforms. This <laughs> <laughs> is funny. Yeah. So, um, and then they're at the town hall and Max has decided to come with them to the town hall and they're sneaking food into the town hall. Well, this is the whole piece about the competing troubadours, which I just fucking yes. love, right? We've got two troubadours. They're on I different sides. Huh? I got to plug in. Ignore me. But yes, continue. So they've, they've got, they're like across the street from each other, giving each other the side eye, right? So we have mm-hmm. the whole back and forth in the... Uh, in the town meeting about the town troubadour <laughs> and the, the original town troubadour wins the right to be the official town troubadour. And I love later that like he's playing at the end of the episode and he invites the other guy to come up and join in with him and play. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this right here is all, I mean, like as a musician, this is exactly what happens, right? Like we're competing, mm-hmm. but now that we've settled our differences, Dude, why don't you sit in with me? Let's 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 do something together, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, so I kind of love that because this whole episode is really about fixing things a little bit that have been, uh, you know, broken for a few episodes, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so like the the troubadours come together at the end as well. But yeah, Max goes to the town meeting, which is weird. Yeah, and the entire time. Luke is trying to like not stare. <laughs> right. And then um let's see. Oh, my favorite part about the town meeting is definitely like Lorelai eating fries. And then every time <laughs> Taylor is like, Lorelai, stop eating food during the town meeting. <laughs> she's like, no, these aren't fries, they're golly wibbles. <laughs> like she's like <laughs> making up words to throw him off until he just moves on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And of course, Luke gets back from the town meeting and Rachel is packed up to go. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, he's giving her shit about it. He's like, yep, of course. What is it this time? You got bored? Oh, you want to go see Manchester? Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, no, it's not me. It's you. <laughs> like, like, you're clearly in love with someone else. And I'm not going to sit around and wait for you to not be in love with someone else. So see ya. Right. Yeah, and then and and he's like, "Who?" and she's like, "Come on." Yeah. Like, you know, and then he 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 like the problem is he hasn't really admitted it to himself. Yeah. You know, like he knows it internally, right? But he hasn't really grasped that he's got that. Yeah. And then she and, says, "Oh, whose house have you been over at trying like all day, right?" Right. Where do you go like when you, you know, well, you're over there and there's a reason. Like you 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 act like there isn't, but there has to be. You know, right? And then, um, so he goes over there with some sort of excuse because he wants to talk to her because he's realized it finally. And then yeah. Max walks in to take her on a date, right? Mm-hmm. And Max knows it immediately. Well, <laughs> Max is kind of pissed off about it, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so they have their little pissing contest, which is hilarious. And Lorelai's like, "What? Did, what just happened?" Like. <laughs> Why did you have a pissing contest in the middle of my doorway? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, and then he says, well, you know, I understand that you slept with him while we were apart. And he, she's like, I did not sleep with Luke. I've never slept with Luke. What What are you talking about? Like, 
you yeah. know, and, and he's like, well, I, you know, I, I'm not really mad about it. I mean, you know, things happened. We were apart. And, and, and she's like, did you date someone while we were apart? Yeah. You know? And then he's like, she's like, well, okay. I slept with Christopher, Rory's father on the balcony at my parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then he's like, his eyes get real big. Like, Oh, like, it's like, dude, you just stepped into a can of worms, man. I don't know what you're doing here. Like you, you have, first off, you didn't misread that her and Luke have a thing, but you mm-hmm. misread that they have such a thing that they haven't acted on it because they're afraid of it, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and Lorelai doesn't even know, well, she's denying it, you know? She's in full denial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yet again, somebody suddenly just decided to propose marriage to her. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And she's like, hey, stop suddenly proposing marriage on me. That's not how it's supposed to be done. That's not what romance is. Could you ask me a little nicer? Rosemary's uh, romance is to a thousand yellow daisies and like, um, you know, uh, uh, leading up to it and all of the, you know, nuance and all of that. And, um, and then he buys her a thousand yellow daisies and has them delivered oh, to the inn. Right. And uh, like the, the, the best part of that though is Michelle and Kirk because yeah. they're, they're battling outside the place because Kirk's just dropped off a thousand ro- daisies, not a thousand one, not 900, <laughs> but exactly, exactly 1,000. Right. And um, so that was, you know, interesting. And then we go to the school where Tristan has stolen Rory's books because he, you know, wants to talk to her and she won't. And Dean pulls up, right? Well, because the entire episode, he's trying to force her into going to this concert that he's already bought tickets for. Oh, yeah. And telling all of her friends that she's going and making them, making Paris mad. Yeah. Yeah. He's like pot stirring just to force her into going on this date with him. And I'm like, the only reason you would tell her friends is because you think what's keeping her from it is pissing them off. And you think that somehow, pissing them off anyway is going to make her go well i might as well go now yeah which is not the case the reason she doesn't want to go is because she doesn't want to fucking go (laughs) she wants to be with dean and she's trying to to be with dean so dean comes up and he's like a little bit angry because he sees tristan and that this is my favorite part like where he says she says, Dean, stop. And she he says, why? Because I love you, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. And then they make out in front of like half of her school. <laughs> right. Well, and the thing is. God, high school was cringe. Dean shouldn't have broken up with her in the first place. Like he just jumped the gun. The thing is, he jumped the gun, but really he shouldn't get back with her either. Because yeah. like what the 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 exact inkling of what he had why he jumped the gun is why it's never going to work at the end of the day like what he thinks cuz he thinks it's a long term they're going to get married someday kind of thing yeah. <laughs> you know yeah and, and and it's not so he's just in a that's why i said like it's a makeup but it's also a setup because at the end of this like dean gets back together with rory and Lorelai decides to say yes after talking to Max mm-hmm. and goes to um, find Rory, but he, she can't find her at Luke's and gives Luke one of the daisies and doesn't tell him why she's all happy, right? Yeah. Because she has she's to tell, tell Rory. Rory first. 
And so then they get together and they tell each other what happened and they're all happy. And I love how happy they are. Mm -hmm. Artificial happiness, right? (laughs) Like the end of the season has a happy ending. But (laughs) But not, it's like a, it's like a melancholy happy ending for the first season. Well, yeah, because it's one of those things where you're like, well, I think both of these are bad decisions. <laughs> right. I don't think, I mean, I can see why they're so happy and all that, but like internally, I'm just in turmoil going, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah. and, and, and I was that way the first time I watched it, but now it's even more obvious. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was obvious the first time I watched it and didn't know what was going to happen. Right. It was like, no, I don't think this is going to work, guys. Like, I. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, well, because it's like one of those things where you're like, but you and Max don't work. <laughs> from, like, from he the, clearly doesn't understand some key things. Right. You guys, uh, you guys like may work, you may have worked in a vacuum, like where you're just like the only two people, you know, and, and like you don't have a kid and you don't have, and he's not a teacher at your kid's school and all of those things, but you guys and have, you have no time. Group to like work on the big things right like i think that it honestly would have worked out if they just gave it time right like i don't understand the mentality of i don't know that it would have worked then either i think i think it's i think here's the thing i think it's foolish to rush into an engagement regardless yeah (laughs) um just because i'm like oh you've never lived with them you've never gone on a road trip with them you don't know how you are together if you have to spend more than a week in the same spot like you were just in the the entry of their house and you saw that they were that there's obviously something between the the person and, and someone else like that hasn't been resolved and they haven't worked their way through it and you're trying to basically put a kibosh on it yeah i mean putting a kibosh on it's like well that's silly because um you know you literally just said like oh well you shouldn't propose to me to solve an argument (laughs) and then it it solves no arguments it did yeah there wasn't a solve to the argument How do we keep getting back here? Well, because you're not right for each other. That's how you keep getting back here. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't solved the argument. That's why. Yeah. We keep getting back here because we didn't resolve it. That's why. <laughs> yeah. We just let it go for a minute. Yeah. You know, so interesting. I'm really excited about doing six more episodes of season two, though. Cool. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. season two, season two is going to be fun. I can't remember what exactly happens in season two at all. So that should be good, too. <laughs> there are six seasons of the show. Seven. Seven? Seven. Yeah. There's seven plus the eighth one that came out, you know, 10 years later. Right. Eh. But uh, but isn't really a full season. It's like a mini series or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, we've done that. We got we got one down, you know. Check. Jackpot. So right. six more episodes for next week. Six more episodes next week, and we'll be back talking about crazy stuff that happened in those. Right? Cool.
All right. So um, I love you. See you next week. I love you too. See you next week. Thank you for being a part of the Family Rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.